Well, if there's any one overriding issue, the, the most prevalent one I get questions on and comments on or requests for, it is the whole social media aspect when you have kids. And b believe me, when you have daughters, two teenage daughters like me, you know how important that is. Hey, everybody, it's Bill Adams. Welcome back to The Cool Dad Rules. Thank you, as always, for finding this. What really inspired me to do it was a recent report from The Atlantic I saw that said confidence levels in girls typically about normal plummets about 30%, 30% between the ages of 8 and 14. Well, you don't have to be an absolute genius to find out what comes into their lives at that age, and that's exactly why I brought in Atara Tversky to talk about this. She is a lawyer out of uh, New York City, but also a mom on a mission. You've probably seen her on the Today Show. I've seen a lot of her segments on there, too. Here's what she's trying to do to encourage all of us, all of us parents, to encourage the growth and development of kids, especially at that age, to love what they are. And how important is that? To be okay with themselves. That's the bottom line. Because let's think about what actually they encounter when they find the social media world. You're going to find online bullying, this perception that everybody, the only people that matter are rich celebrities or you have to fit a certain body type. But Atara, first of all, thanks for your time. And please tell me I'm not alone in, in, in this battle here because it is, man, it's tough when you, when they enter this world, it's almost like they're leaving you a little bit, isn't it? First of all, thank you so much for having me on, Bill. Sure. I'm really excited to speak with you. And I'm excited because I do think that you're touching on such an impactful and important issue for kids everywhere today. Um, and my movement, um, it's, it's the Curly Girly Movement. Right. Spelled with two E's at the end of Curly, two E's at the end of Girly. That's how you'll find me. Um, it started really organically. I wrote um, a book for my young daughter who has a mass of curly hair yeah. in what I call an otherwise straight-haired family. So <laughs> she didn't look like me right. or, you know, um, my husband's actually bald. So, and, but yeah, I, I have an older daughter and, an old, you know, she's the youngest child. So her brother and sister didn't look like her. So she kind of looked um, really different than anyone in the family. Sure. And it's adorable having curly hair, but you would not believe the remarks that strangers would make. Um, like, oh, she's so cute. And don't worry, you can straighten her hair when she grows older. Wow. And I thought, wow, that's exactly what I thought. I thought, wow, that's crazy. Like and, if, if I'm hearing that at two, three years old, yeah. where is this going? As if it's something um, wrong with it, like it's some kind of affliction yeah. or something. <laughs> right, exactly. As though it's just, it's just not the ideal. So I thought, wow, I can't have that. I can't have her growing up thinking that there's something about her that she has to change. Um, and that, that in order to be her best self, she has to change it. Sure. And Curly Girly, the book was really written very organically, really as an ode to my child. And what happened was I realized there was a whole bunch of girls through social media who found me and said, oh, my God, your book has been so great for my child. Wow. Even adult women were saying, wow, I wish I had had this. Um, so social media is wonderful in a certain way. And it's interesting that we, that we started off talking about this because, right, it can bring communities together. It can help you find sure. out um, things, right? Um, so in that respect, it can be wonderful. But for young children, it can be so detrimental, as, as you were saying. And I think that um, the statistic is horrifying that, that girls, you know, between the ages of eight and 14 are, are getting more depressed and, right. and unhappy and, and unfortunately doing terrible things to themselves because of, of this. But it, but it makes sense because they're so young and they don't know how to handle it. And the pressures of being a child growing up have always been there, right, for everyone. But now they seem to be magnified 
a hundredfold because you can't get away from it, no. right? You, you're, you have it in school and then you go home and you got it at home. Exactly. And so if, you don't hap- if you don't happen to fit a certain body type these days, hey, look, it may be a day and age when it's like, you know, the, the little tiny girl with the curly hair. That is the thing. That's the most coveted hairstyle and everybody right. will, will try to copy that. But if you don't happen to hit that particular body type or style that's in fashion right now, you get it. You are. You are. You're like almost <clears throat> you're an outsider when you in your social life, and then you go online and and you're faced with the same thing. That's a. I would hate to be a kid these days. I know. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure. Right. There really is. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess. Um, I think importantly, you know, I have my own podcast, as you know. Right. And I actually interviewed a wonderful person. She was featured in the New York Times. Her name is Rhonda Moskowitz. She's um, a psychologist on, and and her specialty has to do with, you know, parenting. And she spoke a lot about devices. And I thought it was really impactful what she said, because really the idea is to try to keep your kids away from it as long as possible. And she said, you know, she made it akin to driving a car. I thought it was so interesting. Like, yes, we all need to learn to drive a car, Mm -hmm. but do we need to learn to drive a car at 12? Right. I don't think so. Yeah, that's (laughs) true. So I thought that was really well said, and I think about it all the time. You know, how do you just keep those devices out of your children's hands as long as possible? Because, yes, they should get to it. It's Mm -hmm. a tool that, like I said, we use it in business. It's great. But how can we give it to them later so that they are more equipped to know what to filter out and what not to filter out? Yes. Because that's really where the trouble is. And this is where I get into, uh, not arguments, but I mean, it's a point of contention with so many other parents, especially dads. And here's always the argument that, that people who will get smartphones to like, I mean, literally like three and four year olds will tell me, well, it's a safety device. And I get that. I I do understand that. I really do. But I think at, it's almost like a sliding scale at that point, the the risk of what can reach your very small child with anybody that can reach out to them at that age is not worth it later on. Absolutely. It is. But like the way you went about it with your daughter, I mean, you prepared her so well throughout this experience. You turned a negative into a positive. You know, I, I can imagine that she was much better prepared by the time social media had come into her life. Yeah, I mean, I think that's true. I think that I um, I work really hard. And again, I'm not doing anything perfectly, so I want to preface that. No, there are no um, perfect parents. Know, Don't all, worry. Right? <laughs> We're all works in progress, right. right? And it's a challenge every day. <laughs> but I think that the idea is really, like, like we're both saying, is to make sure they're just equipped to handle things and to handle social media. And really, I think the key is, I say this all the time, is like, you have to, like, talk to your child when they're really, really little. You can't expect to wake up a teenager and say, here you are now have really high self-esteem and feel great about yourself and you're so wonderful. Like that process has to happen when they're really little. And then it's just the natural evolution is that they are teenagers who talk to you, let's hope, right? Because that's the key. Oh, absolutely. You have to stay in real communication with them. You know what a point is, too, about that, Atara? A great point about that, about your kids staying in communication. I, I made the mistake early on in that it's only going to be, they're only communicating me if we were having these, you know, deep conversations and I'm teaching them how to face the world. The communication aspect can be the simplest, stupid thing. I mean, you can t- half the time I'm watching their dumb shows, like all of a sudden, as teenagers, they found Grey's, Academy, Grey's Anatomy. Which I hate, right? But at least, <laughs> right. but at, at least we can talk That's about the so show. On. Oh my god! I, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was done like ten years ago. But they found it. It at least, you know, it, it means nothing. But at least we're communicating over things like the show. That stuff matters too. It doesn't always have to be this groundbreaking stuff. As long as you're talking, right? It's just talking, and it's just spending time with them, right? Like I notice if I 
come home and I meet my, my little one at the bus stop, like the level of happiness and the dynamic in the evening has just changed because she's sure. just so happy that I'm there. Yeah. And sometimes I'll say to her, you know, mommy still has work to do. So why don't you bring your, you know, drawing or coloring in here and you'll sit next to me and I'll work. And just the act of being in the same room together um, is, is something. So I think, yeah, these are all really important things to like work on and encourage. Uh, I love that. And you can find the uh, the Curly Girl series because you've got two books there. The original one yes. th- that you came out with, you know, what you, your original inspiration was Curly Girly. And then Curly Girly's got right. talent, the two of them. You can, both of them are online though, right? Also where we can find you. Yeah. Yeah, you can find all my books. You know, if you walk into Barnes and Nobles, you can find them there. Target, I believe they're at Costco. But obviously, Amazon is the best place to find them oh, because yeah. it's a click away. <laughs> so they're all there. They're also available. You can go to my website, so you can click there. Um, and it's um, curlygirly.com, spelled with two E's at the end of curly and two E's at the end of girly. And I do this really wonderful thing that I just want to let your audience know about. Sure. If you have a curly girly in your world, Every week on my social media, we feature a different little girl. Oh, that's cool. Um, and it's kind of become, yeah, it's become like a showcase piece because, you know, I want to instill confidence and pride in your hair, in girls' hair. And so curly girlies get to say, hi, you know, I'm like uh, Jenny and I'm from Florida mm-hmm. and I love my curls because, and I have um, a really long waiting list for this because it's become so popular and oh, I'm so great. happy to see that girls are taking pride, right, in, in who they are now. So. There's a slow change. It happens slowly, but it does happen. It's funny, too. From a dad's perspective, you realize how important the whole hair aspect is with girls. <laughs> you realize that really early oh on. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it is like, it's everything at first. But I'm curious, with the success of the Curly Girly series here and your movement and what you started here, Atara, you, you hinted at this before, and it's interesting. Even though, obviously, you're kind of you're kind of directing this at younger girls and, and the whole self-esteem issue, I would imagine a lot of adult women find this and not maybe secretly or not, they're they're going through it and and finding a lot of inspiration through that. Have you gotten that kind of feedback? I have. So it's, that has been, I think, the most remarkable thing to me. You know, because when I wrote it, you know, I had in mind that it should be an adorable, cute book and an adorable yeah. character that could translate into TV. I, I had all that vision, but I never expected so many women to be moved by it. And I literally, I had a grandmother the other day. She said, I'm 64 years old. My name is Ruth and I love your book. Like this was me as a child hating my hair. And wow. it took me so many years to love it. And I read my, your book. I read it. She said, I bought it for my granddaughter and I find myself reading it. That's so, great. Um, it, yeah. It's, it's been really impactful for me to see that it's been making an impact across the demographics. Um, of ages and, and genders, even I, I have boys saying, "When is there a curly boy book?" So you yeah, know, it's I, nice to see everywhere. I could see that happening too. But it's again, and and we talked about this a little, but it's true. It goes back to the issue. Really, probably, well, I would, yeah, I would probably say the success of 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 your movement is largely due to social media. This is how you're able to get it out there. It's how you're able to market right. it as another positive aspect of it. This is why, I mean, how did, there are, I know a lot of parents actually that will try to absolutely in, in their kids' teenage years, try to keep kids away from social media. And I, I don't think that's the answer whatsoever. It's just how you go about it. If you encounter people like that, what do you tell them? So that's interesting. I, I think like almost across the board, I never like to make a blanket statement, you know, cause I am an attorney, right. um, but I think almost a hundred percent of the time abstaining from certain activities 
or practices is not the answer. Mm. It really is, right? Like, I think, like, because at some point that isn't going to work. Right. It's not going to work with um, a child who gets older. It doesn't work with you, right? Like if you put yourself on a restrictive diet, think yeah. of it that way. At some point, you're not going to be able to stick with it. Right. And I think that's really true of everything. And there's always a, a, a positive side to the negative side. And so the, the key is really to be able to manage um, how we're doing things, right? And, and, and to teach our children how to manage. And that always comes back for me with your children to communicating with them, to keeping the, the conversation going so that they know you're there. They can come to you. I mean, it's amazing to me the things that my, my son even will tell me. I'm like, I don't want to hear too much information. <laughs> 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 but, but the truth is I'm so happy, you know, that I have a, a preteen boy who's like talking to me Absolutely. about literally everything because it's really important to know that he knows that me and my husband are there for him. So I think that, yeah, telling teenagers don't use social mm-hmm. media, well, first of all, that it's not going to work. Right? It's not going to work, <laughs> right. It's not going to happen. And, 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 and I don't think that's the answer because there is enough positive that, that you can get out of it if you, if you look for it. Um, so, so that's really not the, the way I would focus I would it. I would tell you, too, it, it's a really tough argument. And I would go to not so much Snapchat, but Instagram on this whole thing. The, the strongest argument my girls, when they were much younger, made to me on this was they listed. Mm-hmm. When I said, listen, I really don't want you on it at all. I don't think it's going to lead anywhere. You know, just do, uh, give mm-hmm. it a couple of years. They listed like five right. Instagram influencers off the top of their heads that are making over like two million bucks a year. I'm like, well, right. there goes my argument. You know, it's exactly. that's very tough because we, what do we do? Kids, we want you to have an advantage. We want you to make a lot of money. We want you to right. be successful and happy. And you know right. what? Wouldn't it be great? This is before we, before we even knew about social media. We want you to be a positive influence on other people. Well, look what they found online. People that fit checked off every box there. And we're telling them to stay away from those folks. It, it's, we look like right. the hypocrites when we say that. I, I absolutely agree. So it's really managing it and it's managing it at the right age. And it's talking to them about it. Um, you know, I heard something in- interesting about Instagram. I don't know if it's true, but um, I actually read it in the Times, uh, the New York Times, the other week. So maybe it will be true um, that they're trying to actually do away with the Instagram likes. Ah, I don't know if you heard that. I did actually. Because right, and I thought, wow, you know, that that would kill a whole bunch of influencer business. Sure, it would. Um, so so they're trying to figure out, you know, how to, you know, maybe business accounts will keep them, but for young kids and teens, I think to remove that would probably be like wonderful because I, I think there's a lot of pressure, like how many people have liked my post oh, yeah. and how long did it take them to like my post? Right. Oh my goodness, my friend has more likes than I do. Yep. So maybe that would probably be a, a great thing if Instagram would actually effectuate that. Does it make you feel better? And I'm just going to you as a mom, not as somebody that started a uh-huh. movement on this, Tara. Does it make you mm-hmm. feel better? <laughs> to know that at least maybe the big social media giants are aware of that kind of stuff. I, I, I know that they're, at least they say they're trying to get rid of the online bullying kind of stuff. But as far as image goes and self-image, is it, I, I mean, do you believe it? Do you think they're trying to tackle that? You know, I think they probably are because a lot of them are parents, right? So, um, you know, when they see their own kids getting involved in this, they probably feel the same way that you and I do. Sure. Um, and I like to believe that people have, you know, good in their hearts. Um, but I think it's like an overwhelming thing to tackle. And like, once you put it out there, it's hard to like bring the horse back in. So that's why, right. I think it still is going to come 
from the home, from the schools, like from smaller places and disseminate forward um, rather than, you know, having them, you know, the big, the big uh, wigs behind everything tackle it. I think we have to dictate to them. And then it'll happen that way. That's how I see it. Well, and that all comes from exactly what I think, if I was to summarize your movement with uh, Curly Girly, what it's all about is to empower uh, women especially. But really, this, this this goes to all kids and what all parents should be aware of. Because if they're empowered, they believe in themselves, they know exactly what they can offer the world, they're not going to be influenced by the negative part of it that's out there. I think I think that's the best right. way to kind of summarize exactly what your movement's all about. And for that, I congratulate you for doing that. Thank you. Thank you so much. And you know, it's interesting because I also, do have a son. So I always like to say, you know, empowerment, the the movement is curly girly. It's it's a very girly kind of um, movement. Sure. But the truth is, it's for boys also. Absolutely it is. And I I feel really, um, I feel that's really an important aspect. Like, let's not go so the other way about girl empowerment that we forget about boys. Right. And and let's not have a backlash where boys are feeling like they don't have a voice. Right. Because if they say anything, you know, that's going to be perceived negatively. Let's like not go down that route while we're trying to empower. Let's not leave anyone behind. That's all right. You just figured out your next book. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Yes. Right here on your show. That's right. It it, it just happened. We we just documented it right there. It is, it is awesome though. You can find all of this stuff. If you haven't seen Atara Tversky on, uh, uh, on, online here on, on television, on mainstream media, you can certainly find her online. The uh, whole movement really where it starts, where you can contact her and where you find the curly girly books is curlygirly.com. It's right there. That's probably the best place. But then, like you said, Amazon, you can get a hold of the books. Thank you so much for having me on. I, I, I appreciate what you do and I, and I appreciate it. I don't always bring in, you know, the, the quote unquote uh, parenting experts because like you said before, there are none, but I needed some help on this whole thing because you've certainly ventured more into this world than I have. So Atara, I thank you. I thank you so much for your time. It's great stuff. Thank you. Thanks for everything. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And most importantly, thank you so much for finding the Cool Dad Rules once again. My name is Bill Adams. Share it along. Appreciate that so much. Free wherever people get their podcasts these days and that's all over the place. Also, the Facebook page. More topics on there. Great to hear from all of you and more on the way. In the meantime, you're an awesome parent. We can do this. We'll talk to you soon.